0: Hey, everybody, this is Sean Blakeney, lead pastor at Anchor Church in Delray Beach, Florida. Thanks so much for taking the time today to download and listen to this message. You know, as a church, our mission statement is to bring hope to the hopeless, and I really, truly believe that today's message will speak hope into your life. Follow us on Instagram at myanchorchurchfl or check out our website at myanchorchurch.org. We love you so much. Thanks for listening to this podcast today. Hey Anchor Church, happy Sunday, Pastor Sean here and I hope you're having a great week. We're wrapping up our series today called Stronger and I just want to say for the record uh, Zeke will never do the intros ever again because he is way buff, he, you're too buff bro, you're too buff for me. I get up here after you and I look just weak bro, I look, I, look, I feel like I'm preaching like a real frail man bro, you get up here like I finished working out. I'm like, man, Zeke, you can't do this ever again. What are you doing? But man we're, we're in the series called Stronger. That's why we had it. That's why we had Zeke up here, Stronger. And uh, we're finishing up the series today. And if you missed any part of the series, go back and watch it on our YouTube channel, Facebook. Make sure and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Share with a friend. But uh, this whole series came out of Teresa and I reading through the gospel of, uh, of Acts. And uh, man, it's been such an incredible uh, time for us just to study the scripture and see the movement of the church. And what we noticed was this. As the church was persecuted, what we saw was the church got stronger. In the midst of persecution, the church actually got stronger. It's incredible. And uh, through all of this as a church, we've just noticed that through quarantine, pandemic, all the stuff that's happened, our church has got stronger. And it's all because of Jesus. It's not because people go, what are you doing? Are you guys trying harder? No, we're just trusting in God more. Yeah, yeah. Because we know we can't do it. It's all because of him. And this key verse that I've been using for this scripture, it's really when uh, you see Stephen was being stoned to death because he was sharing the gospel. Uh, Saul, who later becomes Paul, writes over half the New Testament, is killing Christians. Now you notice in the New Testament he's winning people to the faith. He's the one giving the order for Stephen to be stoned. He's the one persecuting the Christians. And the Bible says that once Stephen was stoned, this persecution, this great persecution came over the church. And this is kind of our our theme verse. It's in Acts chapter eight, starting in verse four, it says this, but the believers, notice Stephen is stoned to death, persecution hits the church. And let me tell you something, anytime God is moving through the church, Satan is gonna try to thwart the plan of God. It always happens. And and all of a sudden, Stephen is stoned to death. There's this great persecution in the church. And the Bible says that the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus everywhere they went. They were not going to let any persecution stop them from moving in the purpose of God. And I want to encourage you today. We are the church. Come on, yeah. We're the body of Christ. We're not going to allow a pandemic or quarantine or whatever's happened. We're not going to let it stop us from being the church. And I want to end the series today. I talked about you and I are stronger because of God's power. We're stronger because of God's presence. Last week, I talked about how you and I are stronger because of God's purpose. And I want to end this series today talking about how you and I are stronger because of God's people. We're stronger because of each other. If I fought every battle with Zeke, I'd win every battle. We're stronger because of the church. We're stronger because of each other. How many of y'all, when you were growing up, you heard uh, maybe a, a preacher or a Sunday school teacher say, this is the church. This is the steeple. If you know it, do it with me. This is the church. This is the steeple. Open the door and see all the people. Y'all were taught bad theology. This is not the church. This is the church. The church is us. The church is people. The church is not a building, which is why in the middle of quarantine, we are still the church. So many people are going, let's get back to church. No, let's be the church. You can be the church right now in your house. You can be the church in your school. You can be the church in your workplace. We are the church. Church has not stopped. We're still moving forward. Anchor Church hasn't stopped moving. We're still growing. We're still going. Why? Because we're stronger because of God's people. The Apostle Paul writes in the New Testament, Galatians chapter 6, do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sin nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. Listen to this. But those who live to please the spirit will harvest everlasting life from the spirit. Mm -hmm. So let's not get tired of doing what is good at just the right time. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Paul goes on to say this, therefore. Mm -hmm. Therefore. Whenever you see the word therefore in scripture, see what it's therefore. (laughs) What does Paul say? We're living by the spirit. If you live for yourself, your life is decay. Mm -hmm. But if you live for the spirit, Wherever you go, wherever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. John 13, 35, what did Jesus say? Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Yeah. Yes. You know, Gandhi said this, if Christians would really live according to the teachings of Christ as found in the Bible, all of India would be Christians today. Mm-hmm. Wow. If you and I as the church just live like the church and were unified and not divided, and just loved each other like Jesus loved his bride, the church, imagine how our world would look today. Yeah. Oh,
1: that's so good.
0: Imagine what would happen if you and I, as the church, were in no judgment zone, we were in all grace zone. Yeah. Imagine if you and I, as the church, were in all love zone and not a all hate zone. Yeah. Imagine what would it look like if you and I, as the church, were unified and loving and shared the gospel and shared love You and I are the church and we're stronger because of God's people. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime I I write a message, I think about three groups of people as I'm writing the message. I think about those who are sold out in their faith. And if you're joining us today and you're sold out in your faith, this message is for you. Because if you're sold out in your faith, take this message deeper and start some significant relationships in your life. The relationships you have right now that are superficial with people in the church, take them deeper with people in the church. Don't settle for superficial. Go deeper in the things of Christ. The second group of people I always think about when I'm writing my message are those of us that are stumbling in our faith. Mm -hmm. This is where typically most of us are. You want to do what's right, but you find yourself always doing what's wrong. Can I get a witness? We're stumbling. And if you're stumbling today and you feel just like, I don't know if I even have any relationships, find some. Find some godly relationships. You know you've surrounded yourself with the wrong people. Start surrounding yourself with the right people. And the third group of people I always think about when I write my message are the seekers. You've got the sold out, the stumbling, and the seekers. There's those of you joining us today, you've never jumped on an anchor church service ever. You've never seen a church service. You've never heard a message. You've never seen a guy preaching fired up in a Hawaiian shirt before. And you're going, who is this guy? And what's he talking about? I want to say thank you. Thank you today for being bold. Thanks for being courageous. Thanks for checking us out. And the reason why I wrote this message with you in mind today is because I want you to hear what the church should look like. Because there's so many churches today that are burning so many bridges in our community, in our world, in our country, because they're not living out the faith of Jesus. They are judgmental. And many of you have probably walked into a church and you've been judged, you beat down, but that's not who Anchor Church is. We're a church that loves. We love unconditionally and we love you. And so if you're seeking today going, what church should I be a part of? This one. This is the church for you because we're stronger because of God's people. We're stronger because we have God. We're stronger because we have each other. Listen, the church is not an institution. The church is a family. An institution is a place you go when you want something serviced. And we don't go to a church to get service. We go to a church to give service. That's what the church is all about. We're not an institution. We're a family. Mm -hmm. And if you call Anchor Church your home, you got to look for ways to serve. Let me just give you a quick picture of what the church should look like. Several years ago, Teresa and I went and visited a small group. At Anchor Church, we call them crews. But back in the day, they were called small groups. Years ago, at, at another church, we went into this small group and we're at this small group and they had a nice dinner and they had about 20 uh, couples over and there's this one couple that was late coming to the small group and everyone was kind of worried about them and they didn't know where they were and they kind of started having dinner but the other couple hadn't come yet and in midway through dinner this couple shows up and they were all frantic and they were frazzled and they're panicked and everyone goes, are you okay? And they said, no. Right before we left the house to come to small group uh, a water pipe burst in our guest bathroom our, our floor was soaking wet. We have a big hole in the wall. All the drywall's ruined. It has to be fixed. The pipe has to be fixed. I need a plumber, all this kind of stuff. And right in that minute, I'm not kidding you, right away, their small group goes, well, I know a plumber. I know a painter. Some guy goes, well, I do floor working. He said, let's go over to your house tomorrow, and let's just take care of this problem, and it won't cost you anything. And I was like, that is the church. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, and this is the small group I want to be in whenever I need construction done on my house. Like, this is, this, this is what the church looks like. That is a picture of what the church is looking like. If you're broken down, if you're busted, if you're hurting, Anchor Church is where you need to be. The church is where you need to be. And if you're joining us today and you're not involved in Anchor Church, get involved in your church don't sit on the sidelines, just don't go to church, be the church. Be the church. Why? Because we're stronger when the church is working together. So how can you and I be the church? Let's get real for a second. Can I get real? I want to get real. I want want to get get up in your face for a couple minutes because if you and I are the church and they're going to know we're Christians by our love, they're going to know we're Christians by the way we act, by the things we say, let's get real for a second. What does this look like to be the church? How can we be the church? Number one, realize that you and I are filled with the exact same spirit. We are filled with the exact same spirit. Why am I talking about this? Because too many churches today have split over the spirit. Well, they don't speak in tongues, and they don't prophesy, and they don't heal, so they must be different. No, there's one Spirit, one Holy Spirit. People come to us and say, Anchor Church, are you a church that speaks in tongues? Do you believe in all the gifts? You know what? Whatever the Holy Spirit has to offer, we as a church, we want it. You know, we don't use speaking in tongues on a a weekend experience because, not because we don't believe in it, but because we want our weekend worship experience to be a place where it's easy for people to find God and hard to forget God. Uh, Easy to find him and hard to forget him. And we believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in uh, prophecy. We believe in healing. We believe in all the gifts of the spirit. We just don't use that as a part of a weekend worship experience because if you came to our church and you didn't understand tongues and you didn't speak in tongues, you might go, what in the world is happening here? And it would turn off those that need to hear the gospel. And we believe in all the gifts. And so we as a church say, that's not going to divide us. That's going to unify us. Why? Because we all believe in the gifts of the spirit, but we have one spirit. And other churches I know have split over that topic right there. But we as a church, we won't split about that. Why? We're going to realize we have the exact same spirit. One spirit. Some people go, well, I have a little bit of the Holy Spirit. What do you mean? You either have the Holy Spirit or you don't. It's almost like somebody saying, I'm a little bit pregnant. (laughs) Are you pregnant? Uh, A little bit. No, you're either pregnant or you're not. You either have the Holy Spirit or you don't. And when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit i go, well, my kid, he's 12. He gave his heart to Christ. Does he have the Holy Spirit? There's no Holy Spirit junior. It's the Holy Spirit. It's yeah. one spirit. Yeah. We move by the power of the Holy Spirit. Before I ever preach, I pray, Holy Spirit, speak. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing I love more than I say something. And the Holy Spirit speaks. And I go, that was not what I had planned on my notes. And Teresa afterwards will say, why did you say that? I don't even know what I said. And I love it because I know that wasn't me. That was the Holy Spirit. And someone needed to hear exactly what he said through me. It's one spirit. Notice in Acts chapter two on the day day of Pentecost, when the tongues of fire fell on the the apostles, fell on the 120 in the upper room. It wasn't, it says they were filled with, right? They filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire, flames of fire. It didn't say like some that were Christians for 20 years had flames. Those that were Christians for two days had sparks. (laughs) No, it didn't matter. They were filled with the Holy Spirit and they had flames of fire. One spirit. We're not going to let things divide us in our church. We recognize we as the church, we are passionate for the things of God. We want all that the Holy Spirit has to offer. There's one spirit and we're all a part of it. Ephesians chapter four, Paul says this, "'For there is one body and one spirit.'" Just as you've been called to the one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and the Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. Understand, every single one of us, we have different gifts, but we're all functioning under the same spirit. We all have different gifts. Don't be jealous of another gift someone else has. Embrace the gift that you have, trust in the gift that they have, and together, that's how we are the church. I don't go, oh gosh, Franklin can sing and I can't sing, so I'm just jealous of him. That ru- jealousy ruins a church. Yeah. Yeah. Comparison ruins a church. So, so
1: good.
0: Do you know what makes a church healthy? Is unity.
1: Yeah.
0: Yes. What the devil wants to divide, you and I want to unify. Yeah. And we only unify that through the spirit. So we're not as a church going to see all the things that we have that are different. We're going to see all the things that we have that are alike. And what is that? One God, one father, one Holy Spirit.
1: Yeah.
0: That's who we are. And when you recognize that, it makes our church stronger. How can we be the church? Recognize we have one spirit. The second thing, let's be real. How can you and I be the church? You have to embrace and embody generosity. Embrace and embody generosity. Sometimes you might be watching right now and you might go, oh, here they go. Talking about giving. (laughs) How can we be the church and not talk about giving? Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's huge.
0: We as a a church, one of our core values that we would give generously, it's not just a thing we talk about, it's something we embody. We are it, we live it, we embrace generosity, we embody generosity and we are a generous church. Listen to this, Acts chapter two. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold their property. And what, Wait, wait Wait a minute. All the believers met in one place and shared everything they had. You mean like, like some stuff? No, they shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together the Lord's temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's supper, shared their meals with great joy, shared their meals with great joy. Mm -hmm. They sold everything they had, gave to the poor, shared all their food, and they did it with joy. Joy. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Some of us today, we just need to rediscover generosity. Yeah, that's true. Because a lot of us have lost it. Mm-hmm. We've lost generosity in the midst of a pandemic because we have no idea what tomorrow's going to look like. Yeah. And you may have no idea what tomorrow looks like, but God still has tomorrow in the palm of his hand. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of a better time to trust God more and be more generous than right now. I mean... As a pastor, there's been times I'm going, oh, my gosh, we have no idea. Like, we thought we were going to go back to to, to Atlantic High School in July. And then that got shut down because we had a second wave of COVID come in. And I'm going, whoa, Lord, I thought there was light at the end of the tunnel. And I felt God say, don't you trust me? Don't you trust me? All right, I I, I wasn't even planning this. the Holy Spirit moment. I wasn't planning this. We're going to do a challenge, generosity challenge right now. We're going to call it the 310 Challenge. 310 challenge. I'm going to challenge you for the next three months to give 10%. 10%, by the way, is a tithe. It's a tithe. It's the first 10% what God asked for. So I'm going to, we're going to challenge you right now for the next three months. You, I'm going to challenge you the next three months, you give 10%. And if you don't see God impact your life in the next three months, we'll give you your money back. Now, listen, some of you are like, whoa, whoa, this prosperity gospel. No, 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 it's not. I'm not saying give and you'll get, you should give because you've already gotten. This is not a prosperity gospel. This is not a, you need to give today. And if you don't see money coming, if you give for three months and your bank account's not full and you ain't rolling that Rolls Royce, then you're going to get your money back. I'm not talking about that because I'm going to tell you right now, Teresa and I, since we've been married, have been giving and I've seen more blessings in my life relationally in our marriage and with our kids than I've ever seen financially. And I'd much rather have a full heart and a full family than a big bank account. And if you don't see God do something in your life in the next three months with you giving 10%, we'll give you your money back. You email me personally, and I'll cut you that check because I'm telling you right now, you can't outgive God. We're a church that's generous, and we're putting our money where our mouth is, and we're going to say, you know what? Today, we're living generous. We're going to be generous. We're going to be a generous church. And don't let the devil squelch your giving. We serve a generous God. We're a generous people because we serve a generous God. So you give today. And I'm not trying to manipulate you. I just want to encourage you. This is not a, it's not a tithing issue. It's a trusting in God issue. And I want to encourage you. If you want to see God move in your life, start being generous. Why? Because we're the church. This is what the church does. We don't back down when things get tough. We bow up in front of the devil and go, not us today. We're given more today. We embrace it. We embody it. And how can we be the church? Number three is you got to remember that ordinary people can do extraordinary things. You gotta rem- remember that ordinary people can do extraordinary things. You know what I love about the Bible? God uses the most ordinary people. Farmers, shepherds, fishermen, tax collectors. Yeah. I just told you about Saul, who later becomes Paul. He's killing Christians and God uses him yeah. to move the gospel forward. Yeah, absolutely. If the apostle Paul, who's a murderer of Christians, is now on board with the faith and working in Jesus Christ. There's hope for me. Amen. I mean, if, if he can use a murderer, he can use me.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, come on. Yeah. Peter, Peter, what an unbelievable guy. He's a fisherman yeah. and he's fishing on the bank on the shore. And Jesus says, throw down your nets. Come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He's a fisherman. Yeah. After Jesus died, he runs and hides. And Jesus appears to him again. He goes, hey, listen, I'm going to tell you something right now, buddy. I got plans for you. Yeah. <laughs> you might have turned your back on me, but I never turned my back on you. And listen to this. If you look in Acts chapter 4, the apostle Peter, right, he, he actually heals this lame man, gets thrown in front of the courtroom, starts preaching. Number one, he healed a lame man. He says, stand up. The guy stands up. Where does that power come from? He's just an ordinary guy. Well, the Bible says he starts preaching, Acts chapter 4, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. Ordinary men. The Bible goes on to say in Acts chapter 5, you know Peter was so filled with the power and presence of God that people were trying to get in his shadow to be healed. Wow. Could you imagine? So much power. Who is this guy? He's a fisherman. Right. But he'd just been with Jesus. So good. Yeah. Jesus uses ordinary people like you and me to accomplish extraordinary things. And so if you're watching today and you're going, I'm just an ordinary person, good news. Because hmm. he's in the ordinary business of taking ordinary and making it extraordinary. Yeah. Yeah. And you might say, God, I got nothing except, I have nothing except, I have nothing except. You give your God except, and he makes it exceptional. Yep. Yes. Exactly. You just give God what you have. Yeah. We're an ordinary church that just say we're going to be faithful to an amazing God, and He's doing extraordinary things. We had no idea when COVID hit what we would do. We had no video. We, we had a video team. We didn't have an online worship. We had nothing. Yeah. And God goes, "You watch what I do. Yeah. You just give me your ordinary." God loves using ordinary people. You know why? I don't think God likes using superstars because superstars would think it's them. Yeah. Yeah. If you accomplish something great and you are a superstar, you would think it's all you. I think God likes using the weak and the ordinary to, do accomplish, to accomplish something amazing so that you and I would know it's not us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the church. That is the church. How can we be the church? Last, motivate and meet always. The writer of Hebrews says, never miss an opportunity to meet. Never miss an opportunity to meet. I grew up, my dad was a pastor. I grew up, can I just tell y'all, I grew up in church every single day of my life. Every day. Sean, you're going to be in the choir. I, I don't like to sing, Dad. You're in the choir. Okay, awesome. There's a church work day. Sean, you're, uh, I, I don't want to work. You're the, I, I was at the church all the time. But you know what? I began to love the church. I began to love the people I was around. And one Wednesday night, my youth pastor, Richard Clark, he saw something in me and said, I want to speak a word over you. God's called you to ministry. I decided as a freshman in high school that God was calling me to be a youth pastor and I keep thinking if I would have missed that Wednesday night I would have missed my calling. That word was spoken over me to step into ministry and had I missed that Wednesday night because I was tired or because I was busy or because I didn't want to go I might have missed that word of God over my life that changed the destination of my life and you never want to miss church you never want to miss an opportunity to gather together because you have no idea when the Lord's going to speak a word into you that will change your forever and for many of you right now This is that moment. This is the moment that changes your forever. Because many of you are joining us today and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, but today's your day. Today is the day where you not only get to be a part of an amazing church family, but you get to be a part of God's family. And if you're joining us today and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, there's a prayer that we pray that changes everything. And if you want to pray that prayer with me, just, just raise your hand wherever you are, just raise your hand. Yeah, just raise your hand. Doesn't matter where you are, this is between you and God. Doesn't matter who's around you, it's between you and just raise your hand. Say, today's my day. We're gonna pray this prayer all of us together. But if your hand's raised, you just pr- pray it a little bit louder because today's your day. Just say, dear Lord, Jesus, dear Lord Jesus, today I'm giving you my life. Today I'm giving you my life. Today I'm surrendering my heart. Today I'm surrendering my heart. Forgive me, of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my past. And make me a brand new person. And, make me a brand new person. and as best as I know how. The rest, of my life. For the rest of my life, I will follow you. I will follow you. In Jesus' name I pray, name I pray. Amen. amen. Hey, congratulations if you prayed that prayer. The Bible says you're a brand new person. Hey, we love you so much. Let us know you prayed that prayer. We want to help you on this journey. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thanks again for listening to today's podcast. We're so glad you joined us. If you made a decision for Jesus today, man, shoot us a DM. Let us know that you made that decision for Christ today because we're in your corner and we wanna help you on this decision that you made. Man, check out all of our social media platforms. Check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. Go to our website, but let us know who you are because we wanna get a chance to connect with you. We're praying for you this week and we can't wait to see you next time.